So we are talking about entering into the rest of God. So uh, the, the, the initial uh, steps when we want to enter into the uh, rest of God is that we need to know where we are. You know, God will always ask us, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Where are you at this moment? So that is the stage where we discover who we really are. You know, a lot of us, we think we know who we are. We think we are like this. But is that how God sees us? So we really need to know who we are uh, in order to step uh, into this journey. And then to enter into the rest of God is a journey. You know, it will take time. For some of us, it will take longer. Others, maybe shorter. It all depends on the condition of your heart. Some of us who are gentle, who are sensitive to what God is saying and doing, you know, that journey will be shorter. But if we are hardened, like the nation of Israel when they come out of Egypt, stiff-necked, you know, we just... It would take a long, long time. And for some of us, we never, never did enter into the promised land. And that's a warning, you know, so that we will really learn to humble ourselves and say, God, I really need to hear you. I really need to, 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 to know what you are saying to me. So what does it mean to enter into the rest of God? When we enter into the rest of God, that means we, we really know God deeper. We really know God. Uh, not just know, know about God, but we really, really know Him. And we enter into the promises of God. We enter into the promise, the promised land. We enter into our destiny. That's what it means to enter into the rest of God. So last week, we also talked about the pathway into this promised land comes with suffering. You know, not suffering for our own stupidity, foolishness, but suffering of Christ. Because our Lord Jesus has to suffer before He enters into glory. We who are the stud students, we are not bigger than our master. Okay, so the word of God is so clear. And last week, we, lo we, we looked through those verses that we will suffer uh, for Jesus if we want to enter into the promised land. And no exception. No exception. Every one of us, right? If we are not uh, walking in the ways of God, if we, uh, then we, we, will, we will be compromising or we will be suffering uh, for, for other reasons, for our, uh, for our self-suffering in the flesh. Yeah, but we want to enter into the suffering of Christ so that we will experience the resurrection of Jesus, so that we will truly know uh, Jesus. Okay. okay, this morning, we want to continue uh, in this subject. But we want to talk about entering, uh, moving deeper into God. Moving deeper into God. We were talking about these two disciples after the resurrection of Jesus. They left Jerusalem on the road of Emmaus. And Jesus came to them and, and talked to them. And we want to continue this story in Luke 24 verse. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Yeah. So we, we all need to enter deeper into God. We know that our knowledge of God is, is so limited. 
And we learn that when we only know partially the truth, very often we make the wrong decision because the truth that we know deceives us because we thought that's the whole truth. You know, but when you know the other part of the truth, you realize that's not the complete picture and you have come to the wrong conclusion. Okay, so, so that's why it's so important that we continually desire to enter deeper and deeper into God. So how, how much we can go into God, how deep we can enter into God depends on us. You see, God came to these two disciples. Jesus came to them. Jesus wanted to lead them to the knowledge of the truth. Jesus wanted to lead them deeper and deeper into Himself. But they have come to the village where they are going. And so now, Jesus pretend that He was going further. He wanted to stay with them. He wanted to talk to them further. He wanted to impart more into their life. But He would not impose Himself on the disciples. So he pretended that he was going further. So you can see the heart of God. God wants to share with us. God wants to tell us more about himself. But it depends on us. He will not impose his will upon us. It depends on our response. A lot of us, we just, we're so passive. You know, we lack that desire, that strong desire, that passion to, to, to seek after God. So we, we are just normal. You know, we're just being religious. And so we stay at a certain level in our relationship with God and we are very happy about it because we're religious. Right? But God wants us to go deeper. He wants us to know Him, you know, so that we can truly make the right decision, uh, be a difference in this world. But what do we see? The disciples, they urge Him strongly. Stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. They urge him strongly. They are not just saying, Jesus, you know, stay. They urge him strongly. There's such a desire in their heart to hold on to Jesus, to allow Jesus to talk more and teach them and impart more into their life. Why? Because as Jesus was walking with them on that journey, the disciple knew something was so special about this man, even though they don't know him, they don't recognize him yet. But when he was talking about the Old Testament, about the prophets, about the psalm, the Bible tells us that their hearts just burn. The word of God that Jesus spoke just burned inside them. They knew something is special about this man, even though they, have, they still do not recognize his Jesus. So they, in their heart, they wanted more. They wanted more. So at this juncture, they, they urge Jesus strongly. It's not like, you know, you want to stay with us? Or, you know, oh, you're going somewhere. It's okay. No. Stay. Stay. The Chinese translation say they, they, they force him. Force him to stay. Do you know, it's one thing to meet with a stranger and talk to him in the street. It's another thing to invite him into your house and say, stay with us, stay for the night, stay for dinner. 
It's a total rela- different relationship. So it depends on you. You want to invite Jesus to stay or you just come Sunday and listen to Jesus talking to you and then go back. Or you are saying, Jesus, I need you. Stay with me. Stay in my house. Stay in my heart. Talk to me because I want to know you deeper. See, so, so this next level of intimacy, this next level of relationship, you've got to invite him. It's up to you. You've got to invite him. If you don't invite him, even though he desired to, to come near to you, but he'll move on because you didn't invite him. He has already made himself known to you. He has already approached you. He has already come near to you. But you've got to make the next move. You've got to invite him. So Jesus, Jesus, stay back. I think uh, this is true uh, with how we run church here. You know, I remember years ago, I met a couple. They came back from Singapore. They were in a very famous church. And talking to them, they were in the worship team. Wow. I know in that church, if you're in the worship team, you've got to commit. You know, they, 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 they disciple you, they follow you in the cell group. Are you paying tithes? It's recorded. If you're not paying tithes, forget about being in the worship team. So these people, they are committed. They, they are in the worship team. So I thought, oh, great. Now that you come back to Tawau, well, our church needs this kind of people to help us, to build. And, and you have so much being imparted into your life, you're going to be such a blessing in this place. You know, but then later on I discover that they're not coming. The reason is because we don't have a Saturday night service. Sunday morning, they want to give tuition. So they choose another church, right? But they are from uh, our kind of church. You know, the church that they have chosen uh, is, is not quite the same kind. So you see, some people, when you put them in a certain structure uh, of discipling, you're in that structure, they function well. But it doesn't mean that they really know God. It doesn't mean that their heart is totally committed to God. But in that kind of setting, well, they function well. But if Jesus is really imparted, implanted into that life, when they come here, well, if they see, oh, there are so many weaknesses, there are so many needs in this church, if they truly have Jesus, they will say, hey, God, you have trained me, you have equipped me. Now, use me in this place. Use me to impart, to, to bring, make a difference in this church so that this church will grow. This church will be, will be more mature, more complete because I'm here. But I realized it didn't work that way. The choice the person or the couple make is convenience because Sunday morning we, we have to give tuition. So we choose another church that has a Saturday night service. You know, so what I'm trying to say is this. We got to initiate. We got to allow Jesus to build right uh, into us. 
And, and, and when you have been touched, you've got to make that move. Okay, some people, you're probably waiting for pastor to keep approaching you, keep approaching you, keep approaching you, so that, you know, so that you will, you will, you will join up and, and be uh, to serve. But unfortunately, it doesn't work this way. Okay, you can get some people to give you favor, give you face to do things. But I don't want that. I want people to do, who do it because they have a heart for God. They're saying, God, I know the ministry here. I know what you're talking to me. I know what you're doing. And I want to be part of this. You know, come. Uh, I will offer myself. Okay, that's how it works, right? And, and, and uh, the week before, we have uh, Francis with us. And that's how he mentored those people because he's a professional guy. He's an investor. He wants to groom the, the younger generation so that they will shine for Jesus and so on. But he said, you must come to me. I will not come to you. You see, so when you want something more, so when you want something deeper, you got to run after it. You got to pursue it. You cannot just wait. The, another example about Elisha. He have seen Elijah function, and he's the disciple of Elijah, and and he knew the master is going to be, to be taken away, and he wanted the anointing from from his master. Elijah. So he followed very closely, you know, uh, in a journey that, that his master is taking because he knew the master is going to be taken away. And the master keeps discouraging him, you know, I, okay, you stay here, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go further. He said, no, I'll follow you. Wherever you go, I follow you. And then finally the master said, what do you want? What do you want? You keep following me. He said, I want a double portion of your anointing. Elijah said to him, that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. But, paraphrase it, if you keep following me closely, when you see me taken away into heaven, then you will receive the double portion of anointing. If you follow me closely enough, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing for you to receive that double portion of anointing. But if you follow closely. Right, so that's a principle there. That's what Jesus is, is, is implementing. When we want that thing from God, we've got to pursue. We've got to follow closely. Even though there are discouragement, but we've got to follow closely. It's a hard thing, Yes. But we'll get it because we're following closely to Jesus. So to, to enter deeper into God, we're not saying it's an easy thing. Because on that journey, we, we learned last week, there are suffering. There are opposition, there are difficulties. But if you want to really enter deeper into God, you've got to follow closely. You've got to pursue it. Right? So the disciples, they, they strongly you know, urge Jesus to stay so that uh, uh, they can have more time with Jesus. So God will only stay in the next stage of your development with Him if you invite Him. The, the, the spiritual principle is this, in Matthew 7, verse 6. Matthew 7, verse 6. He said, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs if you do. 
they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. You see, God, whatever He imparts to us is holy. And God will not allow the holy thing to be trampled, to be desecrated. So that's why He will only give the holy thing to those who appreciate it, to those who want it. Right? He said, you know, if you give a, a, a pearl to a dog, they will not appreciate it. They will destroy the thing. And so God is looking at our heart. He's looking at how much we desire. We want what He is preparing for us. And there are so much He's preparing for us. But it depends on our heart. So that's what we need to do. We need to invite Him. And then the second thing is, it pays to be kind and thoughtful about others. If you want to go deeper into God, it's not just spiritual. It has a lot to do with our relationship with others. You know, how we deal with others, how we treat others, is so important if we want to move deeper into God. Because when we are kind to others, we entertain God unaware. Look at Hebrews 13 verse 2. Hebrews 13 verse 2. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. You see, when the disciples invited Jesus to stay, they didn't know he's Jesus. He was a stranger to them. Somebody they just met. And when they invite Jesus to stay with them, they entertain God unaware. Now, so, so that's what we need to do. Some of us, we are so careful. We are so careful so that we won't be deceived. We are so careful so that we won't be cheated. So we've got to be very careful about strangers. You know, we keep a distance. Because we are smart. You know, this world, full of wicked people, you've got to be careful, huh? So, Sometimes we push angels away without knowing. Because when we treat others, you know, the way we deal with them, you, you're really doing it for Jesus. You know, last uh, two weeks ago when, when uh, Francis was here, he was talking about Jackie Puringer. I read her book, Chasing the Dragon, almost like 40 years ago. And when I was reading it, I just cry and cry and cry because of what this lady, Jackie, what, what Jackie has done. You know those drug addicts in that war city? They will come to him to borrow money. And Jackie knew that when they got the money, they're going for the next fix. And Jackie, you heard, she doesn't have support. You know, no mission Agency, because she was not qualified, no mission agency, support her, give her a lot of money. So she was living on the minimum that she, she has got. And yet, she knew, what would you do? What would I do? I tell you, I would never give the money to that, that, that drug addict who is going for the next fix. But Jackie knew. She was, she was a total stranger to that community. They are still looking at her with suspicion. What is this white lady coming here to do? 
They're watching her every move. But Jackie, out of the kindness of her heart, you may debate it whether it's right or wrong, she will just give them the money, knowing that they will never pay back, knowing that they'll probably go for the next fix. But as she continued to sow unreservedly into their life, slowly, this drug addict begins to experience the love of God. They really know Jackie loved them. They really know God loves them through Jackie. And one by one, they become Christian. You know, entertaining stranger, unaware. Uh, entertaining stranger, and you enter angels unaware. Sometimes we are just too smart. Too smart. You know, we would not allow ourselves to be cheated, right? There are, there are different times we do things knowing that we could lose it all. But we do it for God. We do it knowing the risk. And if we don't get it back, that's it. We just gave it to the Lord, you know? So, so we entertain strangers and, and, and we entertain God on our way. And Jesus said this, if you give a cup of water to this one of this little one, you gave it to me. Right? He said, I was a stranger, you visited me. I was in prison, you visited me. Right? So when we, at the act of kindness, when we are doing it, we're actually getting closer to God. We're actually knowing God. Sometimes we're not aware, but we're more like God. Because we're like, Jackie was like God to those drug addicts. Right? She was like Jesus to them. She was more like Jesus. The things that we need to be uh, aware is, when Jesus came in the last day, when He came to judge, when He came to separate the goat nation from the sheep nation, I just want to read this to you uh, in Matthew 25. Uh, it's not on the screen. Uh, verse 41. Then Jesus, uh, the, then the, 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 the king will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, you did not look after me. Listen to this. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. You see, I want you to take note of what Jesus, uh, how Jesus described them. He said, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepare for the devil and his angels. Who are these who are cursed? Who are these who are you know, cast into the, the lack of fire with uh, the devil and his angels? They are those believers. Because the king said to them, you know, you didn't do this for me. He said, Lord, 
Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you strangers? Because if we have seen you, surely we will help you. We believe in you. You are Lord. But we didn't see it. When? I leave it for you to work it out in your mind. What Jesus really meant. Remember? We've been emphasizing, believing Jesus. Believing Jesus, you'll be saved. Believing Jesus, you'll be saved. True. True. But what about this portion of scripture? Remember? Partial truth is very dangerous. Partial truth is very dangerous. You know, these are people who believe Jesus. Lord, when did we see you hungry? You interpret for yourself what it means. Okay, so, so in our development, in order to go deeper into God, our relationship, how we treat people is very important. Right? Don't think it's just spiritual, understanding of scripture. It's, it's more than that. Right? It's in our action. It's in how we deal with others. Uh, then we, we, we know him better. We become like him. And then the third thing, breakthrough into the rest of God. Breakthrough into the rest of God. How do we break through? How did these two disciples break through into this next level? At this moment, they still don't know who Jesus is. They still think that he's, he's a stranger, even though he's saying something that's powerful, but they still don't know him. Let's look at Luke 24, 30 and 31. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. You see, the, the disciples, they did not know what Jesus was talking about when Jesus was with them before the crucifixion. Even though Jesus explained to them that he must suffer. In fact, the scripture that he's showing them now are those scriptures that he was talking to them when he was walking on this earth. But they could not take it in because they were looking for a Messiah that come to restore the kingdom to the Jewish nation. They were looking at this benefit. And that's why they cannot see and cannot hear, cannot take in suffering, what Jesus is talking about. It just, it just didn't go in. At this moment, what is the difference? How could they recognize Jesus? What's the breakthrough? What's the thing that causes them to break through? To really know who Jesus is? Jesus broke bread. Gave it to them. You see, when you see the cross, when you see the cross, you look at things through the lens of the cross. Then you will see Jesus. Then you will recognize Jesus. When you look at things through the lens of your own benefit, what you get out of it, you know, you look at the lens, uh, through the lens of self, your flesh, you will not recognize Jesus. You'll be defending. You'll be arguing. You'll be looking at, at your own benefit. But when you look through the lens of the cross, you see Jesus letting go of himself, Suffering, dying, 
then you recognize that's Jesus. That's God. You know, when Jesus broke that bread, He said, this is my body broken for you. Then their eyes open. They begin to see Jesus, the Son of God. Before that, they just couldn't see. They have a lot of teaching. Some of us, we have a lot of teaching. But we still can't see Jesus. We know a lot about Jesus. We know a lot about God. They know a lot about Jesus. They were walking with Him. They know exactly what happened. But they still can't see Him. Can't recognize Him. But it's only when they look at Jesus through the lens of suffering, the lens of the cross, they knew that's Him. That's Him. So, the Apostle Paul, he had a similar experience. Before he knew Jesus, all he saw was how good he was. Pharisee of the Pharisee. He knows the law. You know, his success, his position, and so on. So he can't, he can't see Jesus, even though Jesus has spoken to him. And in fact, the word of God break his heart. But he just cannot accept. He just cannot see. But when, later on, when he had an encounter with Jesus, in Galatians 6 verse 14, he said, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the Word has been crucified to me and I to the Word. So, so Paul came to know Jesus through the cross by looking at Jesus at a cross. And, and that's why now he wants to boast nothing but the cross of Jesus Christ. And because of this, this perception, you know, through the cross of Jesus, so now he looked at his suffering in a totally different way. In 2 Corinthians 4, 17, he said, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So when you see the cross and you look at what we're going through, the momentary suffering or persecution or whatever, what is that? It's nothing compared with the glory that we will get, you know, when we uh, walk the pathway of the cross. So, so you have a totally different perspective when you see Jesus. You look at things. You look at those suffering. You have a different view, right? If you see yourself, what do you see? You see injustice. You see, uh, you know, you'll, you'll be bitter. You'll be angry. You, you will have all kinds of negative feelings. But Paul looked at those suffering different now. He knew he's suffering for Jesus. And that's why he kept looking at the cross. He kept seeing Jesus in it all. And that's why he said, I want to share in a fellowship of his suffering. And that's exactly what he did. And, and, and he saw the glory that is coming. Right? You know, a lot of us, we like the two disciples. Our destiny is the village that we're going to. And, and we want to, uh, we, we leave Jerusalem. But is that where you want to go? Is that where God wants you to go? 
your present situation, your present position, is this what God, where God has put you at that position? Or is there other places that God wants to lead you into and you've got to get deeper into Him to be able to see that? Otherwise, this is what you will do. And Jesus said, how foolish are you? You know, you're walking away from God's next move. You're walking away from Jerusalem where the Holy Spirit is going to be poured down, where the kingdom of God is going to advance. You know, you gave yourself following me for all those times and now you make such foolish decision to, to leave Jerusalem. They thought this is where they want to go. But when Jesus come to us, he wants us to enter into his rest. He wants us to enter into his destiny. He wants to lead these two disciples back to Jerusalem, where they should be. That was what Jesus was wanting to do, you know. And, and, and that's exactly what they did when they encountered Jesus. So if you are at where you are this moment, if God had put you there, that's fine. If God has not put you there, you've got to seek after God and say, God, where is the place you're leading me? Where is the place that you want to put me? What do I have to do? The disciple has to change their mindset. The disciple has to change the direction of their life, the purpose of their life, in order to go back to Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem is a place of suffering. They don't want that. They want to run away from the place of suffering. So, so Jesus, want, in order for, for us to enter deeper into God, we've got to change our outlook. We've got to change our mindset. We've got to change how we look at things. Otherwise, we will not move into the deeper things of God. So uh, look at Luke 24, verse 33 to 35. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It's true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. You see, now they believe. They go back to Jerusalem and tell them, it's true. It's true. Now they believe. They enter deeper into God. They see the purpose of God. They see suffering as absolutely necessity before glory. And because of that, they, they are willing to go back to Jerusalem to face more suffering. Because it's true. But we need to know when we obey God, Jesus will continue to follow us. Remember, when they recognized Jesus, Jesus disappeared. He disappeared doesn't mean that he's gone for good. He's still watching them. He's still following them. Because when they went back to Jerusalem, they, they talked to those disciples and tell them it's true. The Bible says, Jesus appeared in their midst. Jesus appeared in their midst. So Jesus will always back us up when we obey Him, when we follow Him. Even though we don't see Him, He seems to have disappeared. But you know He's watching. And, 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 and when He needed to appear, He will appear. When He needed to support us, He will support us so that we can get the job done. Okay, I'm, I'm just quickly wrapping this, this teaching up. You know, and Jesus, how did Jesus convince them that he's, He is Jesus, He's the Lord? 
He said, you got any bread? You got any fish? Right? Because they thought they saw a ghost. Because we always think, always think seeing Jesus is spiritual. It's so spiritual. You see Him in a vision, you see Him you know, appearing and then He disappears. You know, that's very spiritual. No. Jesus is very down to earth. He wants to show Himself to us. He wants to prove that He's real. He said, hey, you got, got bread or not? You got, got fish or not? Let's eat. Let's, let's eat a meal together. So you see, when we spend time with Jesus, when we fellowship with Him, when we eat with Him, when we talk to Him, we get to know Him deeper. Okay? We get to know His heart. We get to know what He says. It takes time. That's why we talk about staying in the presence of God, resting in the presence of God, dwelling in the presence of God, soaking in the presence of God. You know, it takes time to know Him, to fellowship with Him, to talk to Him, commune with Him. And these disciples need to spend the time talking to Him, eating with Him, fellowshipping with Him. Not, the, not what we do. We come in and we go out. We, you know, we think that's how we know Jesus. No. We need to spend that time in His presence. Okay? So I hope, I hope this morning you're not going to be passive. You're not going to just wait for Jesus to appear when you're lucky. You know? But most of the time it, He doesn't. Just some, some people that are so lucky to see Jesus once in a lifetime. No, this is not the way we know Jesus. Right? We desire. Strong desire. We want Jesus to be in our midst. We want Jesus to be in our life. We seek after Him. We want to know Him deeper. And we know this path may have suffering. It may take time fellowshipping with Him. But we will set aside those times because we want to move to the next level deeper into Jesus. Let's stand to our feet.